She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. wired up our our previous caravan uh which was a pretty simple dc system for the most part and ended up uh ended up blowing something up yeah he blew up the converter and then he curled up into a ball and ate chips and and fell asleep in the bag of chips yeah i pretty much cried myself to sleep that night because it was a specialty part into the systems and it's like the same way now you're a truck nerd in some ways you're you, you, I feel like I'm more you, of a truck snob I just look at other people's trucks and say well that's not a 3500 dually what are V10. you doing bro yeah V10 <laughs> man this is a V10 I could run you over Good anyway but first we have to kind of paint the nightmare that happened God, I don't want to relive it. <laughs> it's still a little traumatic and raw for both of us. It's, so It was really not that long ago. <laughs> no, oh, no God. it wasn't. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Hey, hey. Woo, we got a good one for you today. We do. So this is the follow-up of last episode where we basically try to wrap up uh, four months of getting the camper and getting it road ready. Uh, And the first episode about this was how we decided to get a truck camper and the pros and cons of that. And I think it's a really cool episode. So if you want to start there, you can. And this episode is about getting solar installed on the camper, but really it's about dealing with a certain type of person we come up against in our lives from time to time. I like to call them energy vampires. Uh, and they're, they're a type of people that can kind of uh, challenge us. And they kind of put a question to us about what type of person are you going to be? And so in the beginning of this episode, we share the situation and the experience we had. Mm-hmm. And then we use that to kind of reflect on these kind of what we call chaos agents that, that, that show up in our lives from time to time and can do a lot of damage. Yeah, and uh, if you're feeling a lot of things as you listen to this conversation, because it's not an easy story and, and our uh, sort of energies transpire into this episode, I believe. If you're feeling things, I invite you to sit with them and just, you know, pause, take a break and reflect on what you're hearing and what's that, what that's, you know, bringing up inside of you. And know that we are doing this and sharing this story for your benefit. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning, all you far out wanderers and journeyers. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Alistair. Hey, Julie Roxanne. What up? Well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. We were on the eve of moving into our truck camper, literally yes. uh, the day before. Yes. You there. might have heard us say that on the last episode, <laughs> but this is because we're recording this a few days after. So it's the same time period for us. <laughs> yeah. We didn't realize we we're going to record another episode, but we wanted to treat 
um, a particular situation we're going to get into today in more detail. Mm -hmm. And it's always good for us to get ahead because we've got a pretty aggressive uh, schedule of retreats coming up. Uh, (laughs) So we're we're leaving to Colorado, um, and then we will be in ceremony and retreat for uh, a week, which means that we're completely disconnected from the world. Mm -hmm. And then we have two weeks off. And Which then, is about the time this episode's going to come out, I think. Yeah, and then back, uh, we're back at it for another week over over New Year's Eve. Yes, uh, in the begin the first week of January. So, thought it'd be good to record again, and we wanted to talk a little bit about our experience getting solar on the truck camper, or pretty much our experience with a certain individual who I'm going to call the captain Ugh. on on. <laughs> <laughs> on this episode, he actually calls himself that. He, he goes by that in his first name, and, and we'll leave him unnamed. Uh, but his name was the captain. Right. And here's how we got involved with the captain. is We needed solar on the truck, so we decided to go with the solar system. And this turned out to be a little bit more complicated than I anticipated. A lot. A lot. More complicated. Yeah. We went with AM Solar eventually for the actual solar kit. And they're great. They're up in Oregon. They source high quality parts and they put the whole package together because there's a lot of things going on, especially with a, a car solar system, which you have to hook up to the alternator if you want to charge the batteries. It's a little bit different. And they're really great. Great service. If you want to get a solar system, I totally recommend you check them out. Say uh, what's up to Roger. He was uh, he was my boy over there, and uh, they're they're awesome. So they delivered us our solar system, but we needed someone to install this. So I was working to find someone at the same time because I wanted to talk with them about the system we were mm-hmm. getting. And Am Solar has a few partners they recommend, but. What we quickly found out is that everyone and their mom is trying to put solar on their <laughs> RVs and truck campers and off-road vehicles right now. And their grandpas and their dogs. Go everyone. figure. Go everyone. figure. It feels a little bit like people are planning for the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> so all the all AM Solar's partners who've been trained by AM Solar to install these pretty these are really high-tech systems. Mm. And they're fairly sophisticated. And there's high uh, risk if you do something wrong. It's not impossible. It's These a are, costly kit. Like yeah. you don't want to mess it up because you have really costly parts. If you like do-it-yourself projects, it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. And AM Solar makes it possible because they have all sorts of support. You can call their tech support. They have videos. They have wiring diagrams. So if you're that kind of person uh, and you want to figure this out, you can. Uh, I'm the kind of person. I, I actually wired up our our previous caravan. Uh, <laughs> Which was a pretty simple DC system for the most part, and ended up uh, ended up blowing something up. Yeah, he blew up the converter, and then he <laughs> curled up into a ball and ate chips and, and fell asleep in the bag of chips. Yeah, I pretty much cried myself to sleep that <laughs> night because it was a specialty part, <laughs> and that meant we weren't going to have running water for a while. So I didn't want to do that again. We didn't really have the time either. Yeah, I think that's a, that's that's a good place to say that. If you have the time, like we did when we were renovating the trailer, like if you're, if your time is not spent doing things that are more valuable, quote unquote, it's fun to do. It's like, it's a project, but it's fun. But the fact is we, like you have a business, you have things going and your time is more valuable spent working on that because that has a more, a higher potential for, you know, 
know, rewarded and pay at the end. And I remember a few years ago, I was listening to a couple of uh, travelers who were like YouTubers and bloggers, and they had their Airstream renovated by a company, and they spent like an outrageous amount in labor. I mean, not an, a good amount on labor for people to do that. And I remember thinking like, how dumb, but they made the point, we make more money if our time is spent continuing to work on our project. This is uh, what we call in finance class, opportunity cost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Finance Degree. Well, plus we had a deadline and this is not something I particularly enjoy. And like I said, the parts are high tech yeah. and you can make small mistakes and it can be a big deal. So didn't want to mess with that. So we wanted to get an expert, someone who knew what they were doing and who could install this. And, you know, the install time is... Uh, AM Solar said for our particular system that it took some time to figure out what that was. I'll tell you what it was. It was 290 watt panels on the roof connected to two lithium ion batteries. They're called Battleborns. Each one's a grand. So these are, these are expensive. Mm-hmm. The solar panels are mantled, mounted on the roof, which means you have to wire them through the roof down to the batteries. The batteries are connected to a battery monitor, which gives you all your information, which is by Bluetooth, which is incredible. It's you can on see. our phone. We have an app yeah. that says everything. You also have an inverter. This is what gives you AC power. You also have uh, what's called a battery charger. This re- this manages the energy coming from the solar panels because they can't go straight into the batteries. Mm. They have to go through another unit that manages them. So you have to hook that up. You've also got a converter. Uh, this is the part that tra- that allows you to charge your batteries from AC power, from shore power that mm. you plug into. So yeah. you need a special converter for that. And I'm missing at least a couple. There's, there's, there's numerous fuses and switches, and then there's also uh, the alternator system, Mm -hmm. which connects to your truck's alternator in the engine so that you can juice it while you're driving. And also it disconnects it from that battery so you don't drain your car battery, which can happen with lithium batteries. And then there's also your DC relays, which just basically means that you can charge DC appliances straight from the battery. And then on top of all this, you have to consider that lithium technology is fairly new. And a lot of parts that would have worked for an AGM battery system, all gas mat, these are these are the kind of sealed batteries that are often used for solar, but are older technology. Those parts won't work with the lithium batteries because they have different specifications. So it can get complicated. So as you can tell, uh, Alistair's become quite the nerd. Uh, and, and because, because I only have a general knowledge of these things. I know, I know, but I, be, you, you just dive into the systems and it's like the same way now you're a truck nerd in some ways. You're, you, you I feel I'm like I'm more you, of a truck snob. I just look at other people's trucks and say, well, that's not a 3500 dually. What are you V10. doing, bro? Yeah, V10, man. This is a V10. I could run you over. Good anyway, Lord. that's what happens. So, yes, yeah, so a- AM Solar had partners. Yeah. Everyone was booked booked into not just months into next year some people were booked into may and we were looking at that in like october yeah Yeah. when we're calling they're like oh i could book you next year and we're just like that's not gonna work we need to be out of here in november yeah so i was on craigslist you might know i'm i'm uh my name my my other name is the craigslist king i vouch for that yeah um, I have uh, sold and bought so many things on Craigslist. It has saved me tens and tens of thousands of dollars. It's incredible. But so I tried to transfer that skill into finding an electrician slash mechanic that could help us with this because we were on short notice. Yeah. And we needed someone to do this. I was pretty confident we could do that. 
Well, we ended up, I, I don't know how many people I called. It's got to be somewhere between 10 and 20. I exhausted pretty much all my possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it came down to pretty much one guy. And this was the captain. The captain lived uh, on the coast in Santa Cruz. And he'd been working with a lot of solar systems for boats and things like this. And he seemed really knowledgeable. And he was a, he's a pretty good guy. He's an old salt type. Like, yeah. he's been doing this for 40 years and yeah. and uh, all this. But he had the knowledge that we wanted. And he was he was kind of, you know... So he kind of advised me through as we started to buy the system, which was actually, in retrospect, he kind of slowed me down because he, wanted, he, he didn't understand lithium technology. And this should have been a red flag. Mm. Uh, because... But at the time... I didn't understand lithium technology either. And I figured someone who works for solar systems on boats and things like that, where those are life and death situations, and who understands electrician or electricity and has been doing this for a long time, it's probably not a big leap to lithium, mm-hmm. particularly when you have a company who provides all the support materials you need. Yeah. Um, so one of the big mistakes I made was that the lithium technology, that knowledge is not immediately transferable. So if you know how to work with other solar systems, that does not mean you immediately know how to work with lithium unless you're willing to learn. And what we found out is that the captain was not willing to learn. But that would come later. So we're going to give you a brief kind of overview of of the situation we got ourselves in because we're more interested in, in maybe talking in generalities about the situation than mm-hmm. uh, in, in the particulars. But first, we have to kind of paint the nightmare that happened. <sighs> God, I don't want to relive it. <laughs> it's still a little traumatic and raw for both of us. It's, so It was really not that long ago. <laughs> no, oh, no God. it wasn't. So we ordered the parts and we're starting to run out of time. And the and you know basically the day the parts came, I think we had two and a half weeks until yeah. we knew we were supposed to leave, or maybe three at most. And this has been like probably over the course of several months to get to this point. We're yeah. deciding what to get, finding someone to work with us, and then COVID. So the parts took a while to get there. Yeah. Everyone's slammed. Everyone's really, really busy. And we got all the parts, and the captain's going to come out and help us put it together. And so it should take 35 to 40 hours. Mm. That's That's what it should take. And we had we're we're about a we have about oh two weeks let's say before we need to have it finished. Yeah. So the what happens first is that the captain doesn't show for like three days. But yeah. but I I have to give some context because he was a very charismatic and persuasive and generally nice guy. Yeah. Like he he's a salty guy. He's from a different age. age yeah. But. He and so was, all those quirks that we're going to talk about that we that we're only talking about in hindsight too all those quirks can be attributed to him being from a different era and a different type of guy. He was a traveler. He he definitely a know. Trump type for sure. Um, definitely yeah. a Trump type. Yeah. But you, you know, it's like okay, whatever. But, you but just, less no, but less threatening than Trump. He do, he didn't have that vibe to him. Oh yeah, he just no no like no. A, I didn't mean like Trump. I meant more like he would vote for Trump. Oh, got it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. He used to say that uh, when you get to Alaska, all the assholes disappeared. <laughs> and I was like, what? He said, yeah, the guys they take care of business up there. Oh, okay. He had spent like thirty five <laughs> years in Baja, Mexico, living there. And well, spent, in the winters. Yeah, and, yeah. and he'd spent like. Uh, I don't know how many countless ones up in Alaska as well. Mm. So we had a lot in common, though, which is that we like to travel and we're kind of independent types. But he was very charismatic. But he was also very, uh, he seemed very dependable. Like, 
he was putting a lot of time into our project before we even got got started yeah. with so I felt like I could trust him and I didn't and he also presented as very knowledgeable so it seemed like a good fit and so the first few days he he just didn't show which kind of freaked us out a little bit yeah. and and was like you know like okay whatever and then what ended up happening and I'm just going to gloss over it because it's not worth going into the details here is that a week and a half goes by and he's showing up basically every day every day he'd say I'm going to get here early tomorrow and every day he'd show up at the earliest at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And we're in winter, so it gets dark around five. And he can't drive when it's dark, so he had to leave before. That, because he's dark. driving from an hour away yeah. each time. Yeah. Um, so he's showing up and he's getting in a few hours. And what immediately starts to happen is he starts to focus on things that are not core to the solar project. Yes. He starts trying to fix our step. He starts taking out the microwave, doing like some screws. Which we had things. asked. We had asked for the microwave yeah. to be taken out, but which it we appreciate because he clearly like he he knew what he was he was looking for problems. He and looked at our be, engine and he was telling us what we needed to do in our engine to be set for travel. And, and the guy talks and talks and talks. Every time I talk to him, either if it's on the phone or in person, or whatever, you, I have to suffer through five minutes of stories I've probably already heard about how he's been to Baja, or something about yeah. his dog getting sick, or yeah. whatever else happened that day, maybe his breakfast, before he gets to it. He's yeah. kind of like, he's a little loopy, but yeah. you kind of just chalk it up to, like, he's a character, you know? Yeah. He's kinda, exactly, yes. He, so he'd get there, and then he'd leave, and not a lot would actually get done. And he kept being like, "Don't worry, I I got I you. you. I gave you my word. I gave you my word." He kept telling. I kept like at this point, my I was so anxious. I've never experienced anxiety in the way that I did then. And something else to start painting the picture is that this guy's got voice a pager system, so you can't actually get a hold of the guy. You call his phone; it goes straight to voicemail. You leave a voicemail, it pages him, and he calls you back. Yeah. Uh, and he's on Craigslist, so we like he doesn't have an established location or anything yeah, yeah. like that. And none of this bothered me at at the time. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, he was. We had spent so much time working on it. It was clear that he was committed to the project. Yeah, and also something to say is uh, he was off. Like we were gonna pay less in cost to install that if we had gone with one of the AM solar partners. Yeah. That, and he seems very knowledgeable. So there's a pattern that starts to emerge, which is he never he always shows up in the afternoon after he's had quote unquote breakfast. And then he talks and wastes a lot of time and he gets very little done. And then he leaves. And we're you know, we're less than two weeks out and every day it's like, you know, sunny, glorious, and we're just like, what, what, why are you wasting your time? And then, you know, I'd say, oh, I got to go find parts. And slowly the story emerged, like what started to evolve over time is he started to look at AM Solar's parts. They sent the whole kit, everything yeah. you need. And he didn't like it. He thought they didn't know what they were talking about. AM Solar is kind of like a more new company, like yeah. younger or mm -hmm. at, younger at heart yeah. uh, and kind of like service oriented. And, and he started rebelling against uh, the parts they sent and like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. You need this gauge wire and, and you, so you need he'd these come, connections. He'd come and actually he'd spend a lot of time just looking through what was wrong and then saying he needed to get more parts. Yeah. And then we wouldn't see him the next day and he'd say, well, I was I was going around looking for parts that you need. There's and, a lot of work that happens behind the scenes. Yeah, a lot of work. And, and then he would say, don't worry, like, you know, the first couple of days are me getting everything in my head so that I can do the work. 
And so this goes on. And then every so often there's a day, he, his behavior is erratic. Like he, every so often there's a day where we haven't paid him anything at this point. And he's had to invest like 20, 30 or more hours in the project. Not saying that really we, we, we uh, benefited from that, but it was, and it was starting to get frustrating because it was soaking up a lot of my time. Mm. And I always had to be like, on, like if the guy calls, I got to answer the phone. Yeah, because if you don't answer the phone, then when you try to call him back, like you waste hours. And we were trying, you had inv- invested so much energy and time in having him supported in the in this process of work. You kept like asking what he needed and you were really ready to bend over backwards for him to know that he had your support. And you would pick up the phone, at, you know, in the morning, you would check your phone all the time to make sure you hadn't missed a call from him i got to a point where like you know he would kind of repeat this like oh you know he was the guy and he knew and he'd like kind of throw some knowledge at you that i didn't know what he was talking about like technical Mm. knowledge and whatnot and so i really had the feelings like we got the right guy we just need to get him to do the work i was pretty pretty like persuaded of that that's what i believed and i also believed i could trust the guy because he had put so much time in and you know he wasn't showing up at the time, he'd say, but he was showing up yeah. and he was driving an hour both ways. And it's like he hadn't put any we hadn't paid him anything for this for the first week. But every so often he wouldn't show up for a day and you would just not show up. You know, of course, our anxiety is going up every day because we see the looming deadline. And for us, it's it means having power or not having power in the camper, yeah. which is particularly important because the first place we're going as if we've never lived in a truck camper full time. And the first place we're going is Colorado in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we need and power. And in the month of the year that has the least amount of sun. Yeah. Because the shortest day of the year is approaching. So we need power to heat, to, to feed ourselves, to even just run the water, turn yeah. on the lights. And right now we don't have a working power system in the car. And we don't know how to get it. This is beyond our capability at this point. Yes. And so every day that goes by where he either shows up and just talks and and ends up like looking at a few things, moving things around and not really doing anything and then leaving, or he just doesn't show up. And we and we hear later, like, don't worry, I got you. You got, you know, da, 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 da. Very persuasive on the phone. Be there tomorrow. Like every day our anxiety is going up and every day we're like getting a little bit more like, What's going on? Yeah. Why is he not showing up? Why is he not getting the work done? Yeah, and every day there's also a sense that like I'm freaking out and when I freak out I look for exit routes. You know, like I'm an escapist type of person and so like every day I'm like, okay, what's the what what are we going to do because this is not going to work out well. And whenever I was trying to mention it to you you were so involved in this working out that, and usually that's a pattern for us where I try to look for escape routes a lot earlier than you do. And, and there's value in you telling me, no, not now. But there was also a sense like every time I brought it up to you that you were just like, we have no other choice. This is what we have to do. And it was just so anxiety, like the anxiety levels. I can't tell you. It was so intense. Yeah. It was as if we were on a ship and you had realized that it was slowly sinking and you tried to tell me, and I was like, no, just steam ahead. We're going to hit land. We're going to make it. And the, and the truth is that we didn't really have any other options, or at least it, it was not. Ob- we bet on this horse, and we had to see it through. That was the way I was thinking about it. And I also still believed in the guy. Yeah. Because every time I talked to him, like, he's very charismatic, very persuasive, and in a weird way, likable for being so 
uh, awful yeah. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He distorts kind of reality if you get too close. Yeah, and yeah. you notice this with everyone he was talking to is like he's got this charm. Mm-hmm. Charm's a good word. Yeah. So this goes on for like a week and a half. The project should be over by now. And, and, and it's not even really started. It's barely, he's barely done anything. And then, and then shit hits the fan. So he came over on a Sunday, which is about a week and a half after the project started. Yeah. And again, did almost nothing. And he was supposed to install the solar panels that day or even the day before, I think. And, and he leaves. And I notice he's like a little bit more aggravated than usual. Like he's, he's kind of thorny. And leaves having done almost nothing. Yeah, we, we had put the panels on the roof in the morning so that he would install them because he's on his own and it's hard to put a panel on the roof by yourself. It's actually impossible. But we came back and then we had to take them down again because he didn't install them. And he was like ranting and raging about AM solar, sending the wrong parts to connect yeah. the solar system. The it solar was starting to and- like, it's like, okay, something's wrong. We're, we might, you know, and and at this point, We've, we've paid this guy about half of, of what we agreed. So we paid him over $1,000. Because he had already, because the work was going to span over a, a two-week period, we sort of paid him at the end of the first week because two days prior to that Sunday, he had an actual day where we saw progress. Like, he had installed... Yeah, we were, put paying, we were paying... And, we're going to pay half halfway through the work and pay the rest at the end. And that seemed totally reasonable. Yes. And that there would be incentives to keep going. Yes. So... Then I wake up on Monday morning and I was, in, I, that night, like Julie Roxanne and I had to sleep in different rooms. because I was so anxious because yeah. we're now looking at like three days before we need this project finished because we still have Thanksgiving just, yeah. coming up and we still have to, like, there's a lot more work to do on the camper, but we can't do it. Till because this it's is a done. construction zone and I never know when he's going to show up. I need to install shelves. I need to work inside the camper and I never know if I can, like he says, I'm going to come up early and then I plan not to do yeah. anything. It's yeah. crazy. So I wake up that morning after like trying to like come down, like just, there's just a lot of like anxiety deep in the body and you're just like, well, this is an unmanageable situation. And I, I take, I sleep, I get a lot of rest and I wake up in the morning kind of refreshed and like, okay, we can do this. You know, it's going to happen. Um, we just need to like power through. And I look at my phone at 7.30 in the morning and I have a missed call at 1.30 in the morning. And I have a two and a half minute message and it's from the captain. So we listen to this message and there's ranting and raving going on. But basically he says, look, guys, uh, I'm working for peanuts. And he named his price. So yeah, yeah. I, just kind of a rant and a rave. And the AM Solar gave you the wrong equipment. You guys got sold. They're just I'm kind too of tired a, driving over the hill twice, yeah. a, twice a day. Just and... like a washed up kind of nasty message. And then saying like, you guys, you know, basically quitting. Mm-hmm. He quit. I panicked because now we're nowhere. It, we're even worse than where we started because like... It's, it's we don't know what's been done we don't know what's been done it's it's a freaking mess because you can also never get a straight answer from the captain so that's whenever, another thing whenever we were asking what was going on there was never a straight answer he would take you on whatever his pet project was yes. so there were days we spent trying to get a part that we didn't even want that he thought we needed yeah. so like you it's hard to explain because everyone we talked to about this is like 
oh, well, you should do this. And then they lay something out logically. But the problem with this type of character is there is no logic. And you realize, and everyone close to us realized when they got a taste of it, that it doesn't work. Yeah. You can lay out whatever logical like idea strategy you have for dealing with him. Well, get him, you know, tell him this. No, it all goes to shit in like 30 seconds when you yeah. talk to this guy because he's just a chaos a, agent. A whirlwind. Yeah. yeah, a chaos agent is a great way. So you, you start talking to him about that. He avoids that completely, takes you on a tangent, and then doesn't give up the mic and you can't you you have no chance to talk. And then at the end you'll say, All right, I gotta go get some work done. Out. And he hangs up on you. Yeah. This was this was par for the course. And you might say, Well, you should have like recognized that earlier. And I don't think well, I, I I think if someone says that, I think that they don't know. It's it's the situation we were in didn't allow for an easy. Oh, you should have realized that earlier. It was way more complicated. Well, I think it's also just the nature of these type of characters that like they kind of get you into their orbit, and yeah. and you don't realize that your reality is being distorted until you're like really in the matrix. Yeah, yeah. And so you're you're kind of. You, you get distorted as well, right? And and they, they change the game in a way. Totally and that, that's what happens. And it happens slowly. So you you kind of lose perspective, mm-hmm. right? And then you're then you're just in it. It's 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 a it's a downward slide. It's a mind fuck in the like truest sense of the term. It's yeah. a mind fuck. You 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 go in with a plan of what you're gonna tell him. He you say it, he takes you on a tangent, and by the end of his thing, he spun you around five times, so much so that you don't know where you are anymore and you don't know what you were trying to say. Yeah, you're it's like, like totally stunned and surprised. And it's done so well that you don't realize that you forgot you had something you needed to say. You know, it's just like it's 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 hard to explain. And if you're feeling confused listening to this, this is exactly how we felt for a month working with this guy. Yeah, it, it's it's like try, it, it often was like trying to herd cats. Yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah, well, multiple so cats. he left this message, and we're like, oh my God, he's quit on us. And the guy had said all the way through, I've given you my word. Yeah. All right, like, we had things in common. He was looking forward to our trip, all this stuff. You can count on me. Boom, he's gone. And I tried to call him that morning. I tried to get AM Solar to, to call them, call him and get a tech support because he'd been complaining about needing help and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. I, I call him multiple times, leave messages, nothing, no response, nothing for four hours. So I start calling down a list of other people to like see, basically I just start saying, hey, throwing Hail Marys everywhere, calling anyone within the vicinity of California, of Colorado, even Arizona, trying to figure out some like, how are we going to get this done? And it's just saying, look, our electrician bailed midway and we're screwed and we need to be gone in a week. What do we do? Uh, can you help? And I remember you said you felt like a you, you you felt really bad about doing that. Like I I I, I want to point it out because I think anyone who's listening to this who has been in a situation like this will resonate with the sensation of having been fooled or being a fool for having trusted or you know like there's a there's that going on. And I know that when you were calling people, you felt a little bit like a fool of just wasting people time that you, you know, the saying, Hey, our electrician bailed on us. Can you help? Can you help you? You, you weren't feeling great about doing that. Sure. Yeah. And so then I get a call midday out of the blue. I answer like totally like what's going on. And he's just like, do you have a piece of pen and paper? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Pen and paper. And he proceeds to give me the number of a company to call for a part that we never wanted. And and like 
hey, what's going on? You quit? Like, you, you, you quit on us. Mm. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's like, you left a message in the middle of the night last night. And then it was just silence. And he's like, oh, I was really drunk. And then he just moves on. And like, I spent the last four hours trying to find a solution. We've got no response from him. And he, that's, and that will be, that is the only two sentences that will ever acknowledge this two and a half minute rant that he sent us the, the night before. Yeah. And then he continues to move on. Like, I'm, and I'm just like, hey, I have, I'm sorry, but I'm like lost here. And, and then by the end of it, he gets upset. He starts ranting about AM Solar again and says, I got to go and hangs up and then doesn't talk to me for the rest of the day. Mm. And then at the end of the day, wants to know if we're still working and is expecting me to respond within minutes. He sent like six texts that night yeah. in, in back to back, expecting you to respond like within minutes. And and they were getting, they were kind of aggravated and misspellings like, yeah. and they're, you know, swearing and things like that. And so the story doesn't end great with him. Mm. Uh, we end up finding someone that just bailed us out and took our project on on short notice and finished it. So, Angel, angels. Yes. Angels. Thank you, Avalon RV uh, in Venetia. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Uh, so we got extraordinarily lucky. It was like kind of like lightning struck. And the unfortunate thing with the captain is that we couldn't totally cut it off because he had a pair of our keys and we were trying to get those back. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, you know, we we told the captain who was asking us if you know, let's continue working and just totally ignored that whole thing. And he's getting more irate yeah. by the minute. Yeah. And it's on, hey, it's over. And he gets furious rants. And then again says, you know, I, I got to go think about this and hangs up on me. Yeah. Then we don't hear from him for like a day or two. And then he just messages me a YouTube video about Baja, California, which is a place he likes to go to. That's it. Just a YouTube video. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, maybe this is a reconciliation. And so I say, hey, this is great. And the whole time I'm asking for our keys back. Like, yeah. hey, we need to meet to get our keys back. You have our property. And then uh, later that night, we get a te text, which I assume is a drunken text. And it's misspellings everywhere. And he tells me, you know, fuck you and you're a thief and et cetera. And just rants on me and makes up a, spins a whole story that we expected, but wasn't And he's true. like, yeah, I only had three or four hours of work left to be done. And Which we know for a fact wasn't true because we had the work done and it took two yeah. days by a specialist. Yeah. And so this is the story. It, w it was crazy. He never gave us our keys back. And we, we blocked him because, it, yeah, we blocked him. The whole experience was incredibly anxiety-provoking, psychologically violent, and vi like there was a sense of violation. Yes. And it became very clear after that, that Monday morning where we got that message that the guy was an alcoholic. This was why he was showing up in the afternoon. This is this explained his erratic behavior. This explained why he was having breakfast for lunch. Uh, it also explained one time he told us a story about throwing up on the way over, uh, which we thought was because his dog threw up, but it was probably because he was hungover. Mm. Uh, he had mentioned having a mimosa once or twice for breakfast. So all of a sudden, it becomes very obvious we're dealing with an alcoholic. Yeah, I think that's what happened on, on Monday. I remember for me on Monday... It was more a sense of clarity, finally, of, oh, we're dealing with an alcoholic 
lunatic in some ways, but it wasn't obvious until the moment it's obvious. It's like a, it's like those uh, optical illusions. It's once you see it, you can't unsee it, but until you saw it, it's not there. And it became very obvious that the guy was very good at hiding. Mm-hmm. Or became obvious because he hid from us after. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize, wow, this guy set up his business in a way where he can completely just fly by night if he yeah, has to. Yeah, like yeah. there, And that should have been a red flag in the beginning. It's just noticing that like, hey, there's no accountability here. Yeah. There's no way to, this guy can be held accountable. Uh, and that was, that was definitely a mistake. But it also became clear that this guy was good at hiding this darkness or this problem or whatever. I'm not even going to say it was just alcoholism, but there was, there's a sense, and this is why we wanted to talk about this. It wasn't just to share this absolutely awful situation, but because I've dealt with three people like this in my life. And it doesn't mean that they were all alcoholics. It means they're like almost like black holes in a way. And what I mean, and I'm not even sure they're, I don't even want to say they're black holes, but there is a, there is a darkness or a density that seems to be attached to them or is manifesting through them or is possessing them Mm -hmm. in some way. And this density seems to bend space-time, psychological space-time, I should say. It distorts things. And like you said, it's a chaos agent. It really fucks things up. And what I've also noticed with these type of people is that they're incredibly good at hiding it. There's a sense that they have a charisma, a charm, a persuasiveness where you really feel like you can trust them. Uh, and you only find out about this later if, if, and you never see it, right? You yeah. never, you never see whatever this thing is. You're never quite sure what it is. It, yeah. it sucks in light. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's just a sense that they're serving two masters almost. One is like they're maybe their better selves or something. And then there's this other thing that you never get a grasp on, but seems to be distorting or, or kind of confusing things in the background and they don't seem to be living up to their word and they seem to be doing things that don't make sense. It, it, it's, it's a really, really uncanny, disturbing feeling when you get uh, around one of these types. Yeah, and honestly, so we're recording this on Sunday and what we're talking about was Monday. So this has been a crazy week for us and I'm, I'm drained of my energy. Uh, we, we, we are, ma- we're going to make it. We made it out of this, but this entire week for me has been a process of having pieces fall into place. And really on Monday, what appeared so clearly was I instantly remembered all the stories I've heard from people who are in abusive relationships, like marriages where like you're married to an alcoholic and it's always the same patterns. It's like these very charismatic people who, uh, who will like create chaos and, and it puts you in an unsettled place because they create chaos. Therefore you're more dependent on them because they present themselves as these you know, oh, I know what I'm doing and yeah. you can tr- sort of trust me and rely on me. And, and, you know, very like giving you my word and all that. And then what's funny is I did, I remembered the day where he took out our batteries and it, this came after because he needed to replace them. So he took them out and then he put new ones in, but it took days, right? So he arrives, he did a bunch of stupid work for a few days. Then one day he removed the batteries. And then, and then he, when he left, I remember sitting in our, in, or looking in our camper and realizing this guy has been here five days and all he's done is undo stuff. Mm. And it was awful. And I remember that when I, like, when 
I, I didn't confront him, but when I thought about that, my first thought was, oh, well, I guess it, he has to. It's part of the process of, but I think what I'm getting at is usually these people, they create chaos and then they're able to justify that the chaos was needed and therefore it makes you more dependent on them. Yeah. There's a, there's definitely that quality where they try to isolate you. And the captain did that. He did that in a couple of ways by displaying his authority or his knowledge right in ways that i couldn't verify yeah and also by then talking down and insulting anyone else right saying that he was better than anyone else that they sent you the wrong part so they they try to kind of separate you or feel like your only chance is with them so that you become dependent on them and that was a pattern that in retrospect became very obvious that he was doing yeah and i think something else that became really apparent and and this is why on on Monday my when I heard the message the only things I was able to feel was relief when I heard the message that he was quitting on us I was like ah oh. and it was not a, a conscious thing it was my body finally getting some relief and then I realized okay this is this is the deal even if he comes back even whatever happens we cannot work with this guy anymore we there's got to be a better way we cannot do this and I remember feeling. That day, I sort of felt like I had to pull you from a darkness that you were like stuck in and tell you, look at the reality. This is not working. And that's the thing. There's a gravity to them. And if you get too close, you can get pulled into that and it distorts everything and you can't see clearly either. And it's this constant state of like interruption, shock and surprise, right? They keep you completely off balance Yes, the whole time, completely off balance so that you can't really use your faculties in the way you would. Logic goes out the window. Yes. It never seems to work. And if you get too close, you end up in the same wonderland that they're in. And two things I feel important to say here. The first one is, from the beginning, the electricity and the solar install was your... We had sort of divided labor with, among yeah. us in, in because we had so much to tackle that we said, okay, you do this, I do this. Yeah. So you did that. And when we found him... I remember being very agitated in the beginning because I couldn't get a handle on this guy. And he was, he didn't give us a price until a week and a half in, in working with him. And I tried to get, like, I was being very, like, aggressive in him giving me a price. And he was just weasel his way out. And I remember we were having a little bit of fights about this because I was trying to, like, infer on, on this, on the process. And you were like, no. I let me deal with him. And so from there I told you, okay, you deal with him because I can't. I'm going to I'm going to blow up his ass if 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 I'm here. And so I just want to say this because you were the one that dealt with him. You were his point of contact. I was around. I I I was like kept in the loop, but you were his point of contact, which made you even more you were the target in the sense of yeah. that darkness. And also the other thing I want to say is when we say these people they I honestly, I mean, in, in the case of the captain, I honestly don't believe that it was a conscious will of trying to be mean or evil the, or malicious. The first malevolent thing he did was keep our keys. Up to that point, he hadn't done anything yes. intentionally malevolent toward us. Yes. It, it has more of the sense of a sickness. In his case, definitely addiction, very possibly bipolar or some something like that. Yeah. And this seems to be a pattern I see in the in the three instances in my life all which have like 
this this has happened, right? Where it's almost like you're a, a comet shooting by and you get caught in the orbit, mm-hmm. right? And then you start spiraling downward. And then yeah. as you get closer, the pressure just starts to rip things apart, right? Yeah. And it's happened three times in my life. And each time it's been an absolute mess. Like it's been, it's just, it's chaos when you get to these places. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think in, if I look at all three of them, I don't think these were, they were bad actors for sure. But I don't, it's not the sense that they were intentionally out after me. It's this sense, it's something else. You know, there there is a sense, I think, um, I think in the olden days, people like that might have been called possessed. Yeah, you know? I think that would have been really an have way to describe that. it. And yeah, I do think it is because oftentimes it just feels like they're a channel for something, as you said, for like a dark a darkness. And, and it's almost as if they've let down their guard or something for a period of, you know, like over time, right? This mm. is something that I suspect happens over time. Yeah. And then it it kind of, it's invited in yes. and you maybe you harbor you you house it for a little while and then sooner or later it starts to take over and it becomes more and there was this sense with 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 the captain that he was battling something yeah that he was he was trying to but there was another force yes. almost like a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other one good example of that was that his uh time management skills were terrible he just he would go for an errand that would normally take two minutes and he would come back like an hour and a half later because he he got caught like there was always something going on and we i mean i know people like this in my life not necessarily people that i've like orbited around but people where i'm like wow you're you're battling something that's just nothing's right An- another common characteristic i've seen in every case that i've had like this is that they're incredibly uh evasive and confrontation averse yes every single person that's had this quality um and it's really hard to name this quality again because it seems to be hidden it seems to be something you will never get to see uh-huh. but it you just feel the impact of it right and the three people i can think of They have similar things, but none of them were the same, right? As as the captain, the captain in some ways was the most like sophisticated mm-hmm. of of this energy that I'm talking about. But it's almost it was so signature that you could say that there's something similar there. I don't, you know, the other person wasn't particularly an alcoholic, although he did also struggle with addiction. Yeah, and the other person. You know, you might not be bipolar like the other, per- but like these things seem to yeah. to be they overlap. They there's overlap. Like, there's just a lot of overlap, and it doesn't mean that you have. Yeah, so it's 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 there, uh, but they they they're very confrontation averse, and very it's very hard to pin them down. There is a lack of self responsibility in these people. There's a blatant lack of self responsibility, and that's dangerous because and you have this sense, you know it. I knew this from the beginning is I don't want to get on this guy's bad side because right now, you know, they have this like, you know, you're on my side, da, 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 we're yeah. buddies and stuff and yeah. they can really take you in with that. But you have a sense that if there was a perceived wrong, you'd be on the other side faster than you could could say, oh my God, you know, like they, you'd be on the other side and you'd be persecuted just as intensely. Yeah, I think something... And that happened in our case. It did, he it fl- did. He unraveled, flipped, and then... 
it was just awful. I mean, we've spent the last few nights parking the, the camper on a different road because we're worried that he's going to come and, and like, steal something or steal the car or steal, the, steal batteries or whatever because it's not he has quite our keys. That, yeah, it's a precaution. It's, it's not a precaution, but it is. But we're doing it. We are doing it. So I'm just saying it's it's a, it, you you get into these really freaky places. And uh, I think another thing that... Um, I want to say for, I don't know. I feel like we're, I'm, I want to talk about this because I think it's important to talk about this because a lot of the time when we encounter someone like this, we are not necessarily able to talk about it and, and in detail and like unpack what happened because there is a sense of being fooled. And if there's something that we are not good at talking, there's shame. There is shame. Yes, and I this. felt it heavily. And I haven't really wanted to have this conversation because you, even when you talk about it, it's like, well, you should never have given your key. There's a lot of like, from the outside, it looks foolish. Mm. And that's the thing. These people make you feel like a fool. And, and I think, you know, as I reflect on this experience, they take advantage of your good faith. You know, like when we a- interact with people, right? We don't, we don't cover our asses in every way, especially if we feel like we can trust someone. And so first, these people get your trust. They, they find a way to get your trust, right? And then they kind of will make requests or things that you, that would seem, oh, like, of course, you know, you, yes. you give them good faith. Like, of course, like, it's almost uncomfortable if you were to say, no, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to give you my keys. You're like, well, why? You don't trust, you know, yeah, like yeah. they put you in these weird, they put you in these corners, they, these corners where to not do it would be socially awkward. Yes. And with anyone you could trust, you wouldn't have a problem with it. So, so you get a kind of, kind of lazy. And uh, for example, with the keys, that's a mistake that I will remember for the rest of my life not to do, but it's, it's, they take advantage of goodwill. Yeah. And they find they 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 will systematically attack the weaknesses in that and they will use them to their advantage if they need to. Mm-hmm. And that is a common pattern with these things. And I think that's why they can be so dangerous is because we get burned by these experiences and and then we can't talk about them because they sound so foolish and we feel really stupid and shameful for having done them. And mm-hmm. I can I sure as hell have felt that way this week because um, they just make you look dumb. And they let you down. They disappoint you in big ways. And you know what's really strange is that there's always this, they also, there's also, even after the call, we'd found someone else that was going to do the work. Yeah. And I, there was a part of me that's like, no, Keith can do this. Like the mm. ho- hope was coming back. Like it come, it's like, there's this sense of like, oh no, he, he can do this. I should just keep going with him. Like it's, it is like the alcoholic husband right where like the next day he comes back with flowers and you're like oh he's going to change yeah. and that's the thing you th- they, they give you this sense that they can ch- they're going to change yeah. and they never do and so and so you can be repeatedly embarrassed by them as well and i think the thing here you know we've been kind of talking about okay well what do you do about these energy vampires right these these kind of these these densities mm-hmm. that that we seem to these spirits that seem to be attached to them let's put it that way yeah well first i think there's like kind of two stages the first is you have to recognize when you're in it and that's really hard because a lot of times you've been seduced right like you it, the seduction seduced is the right, is word. right word yeah. yeah and and you've been seduced and you get into a place where they've isolated you and they put you in a place of dependency right he he whittled down our time so we'd have nobody else he tried to destroy other people's authority. He made it so we were dependent on him. 
in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So the first thing to do is to get out of the trap, to realize when you've been trapped and to get out at all costs. It's going to cost you a lot. They, they do that, I think, unconsciously maybe, but there isn't, there, it happens, right? When you get in these situations, it costs you a lot to get out of them. That's part of the trap. And I think the first thing is whenever we realize we're in one of these situations, the only thing you can do is get out. Reclaim that power, which they kind of whittle away at, that personal kind of sovereignty or whatever, like agency, yeah. is find it again. And this is a hard process. I've been, in, I've been in this situation three times, and every time it's been extraordinarily difficult. It's been extraordinarily chaotic, extraordinarily anxious. Like These have been some of the more difficult experiences of my lives when I get caught up with this type of energy. Yeah. And every time there's, you can't change it, uh, there's going to be a temptation that you you can fix it or resolve it. And my experience has been, no, you can't. All you can do is get the hell out because you don't realize how distorted you've become yes. in this relationship. And you can't get the perspective you need to really to really process it and deal with it yeah. until you get the hell away. Yeah, and and I think uh, one one good way to to remind I mean it might be too rational when we're in these states but one thing that really appeared extremely clear to me on Monday was of course we need to get out because this guy is never going to do the work he says he's going to do because this guy cannot be trusted upon his words and this is usually what happens these people will be so seductive that they will get, do a lot of promises and they'll like say a lot of things with their words right oh yeah sure i go i will be done by then i only have this amount of time left to do the work da 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 da, da. you can trust me but then the reality is if you actually analyze the day to day it's i'm going to be here early tomorrow shows up at 4 p.m. I'm going to come tomorrow. Doesn't show at all. You know, like you can. So it's not about what they say. It's what they do. And when you realize that what they do is actually consistently falling on the promises they make, even the small ones, then that's what that's that's a huge red flag. And that should be a sign of, oh, okay, no, I this is cut all ties as soon as possible. Yeah. This is really important. That's a good red flag. I think another good one is a a. a Deep sense of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Or tension and lot, like tightness in the chest. Yeah. When when it doesn't go and like, you know, when they call, every time they call and you feel that. I still I, I still get the feeling when I hear his name. And I still get the feeling when Alistair gives me his phone because the last few times he's shown me his phone to show me a text, it was not the kind of text I wanted to read. It mm -hmm. was like insulting and 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 so now it, it, there's there's some of that that needs to be cleared out. And another good sign is that all kind of rational approaches or logic go out the window with these people, right? Like you can't approach them in ways that you think you should be able to like yeah. work with people. And I, so yeah. if you notice any of these signs, I think there's only one thing you can ever do, which is get out. And it can, it will cost, it may cost you a lot, but every time, all three times, that's, that's the, the approach we end up coming to. And the thing is, it's costly to get out because usually you've invested time, energy, money, anything, assets into the relationship. And so there's a sense that if I can only change the person, then it will be resolved and I won't lose anything. It's also, which is costly. It's also costly because you have to admit that you were wrong, that yes. you should not have trusted this person. And that is really difficult to do Yes, when you've been disappointed by someone to say, hey, I misjudged this person. And it's basically what I had to do at some point and wait... You did it faster than I did, which was like, 
look, I, I miscalculated. This person cannot be trusted. This person cannot be relied on. And usually by that point, you're in a situation where you need to rely on them. Yes. And so that's the trick of it. But every time I've moved away from these people, life has returned to some sort of order. Yes. Perspective has come. It's been painful every time because there is like certain kind of greed. Like there's psychological chaos that, that they've created for me that I have to now work out for myself. The thing is, nothing is worth staying in this relationship. Like, I I would have preferred to cancel the retreat we're supposed to go in and delay our trip longer. That would have been a better solution than try to push through with with him. And and something else, some other piece of advice is, um, if different people around you seem to be raising red flags listen that or at least observe and and unpack because there might be truth and they might be trying to warn you because they are not as they're not in the sway so sometimes that's not true sometimes it's just people giving you opinions and you shouldn't listen and and that's fine but sometimes it's like if your loved ones are telling you something's up or if there's a pattern from different people yes yeah and and the thing is usually because you've been dragged into the orbit and you're in the warp zone there is no more willingness to investigate because your time and energy is being sucked away from you and your personal sovereignty is being sucked. And so you don't have the agency to actually investigate anymore. You just want to be like, no, it's going to work out. We stick and that's, with this course. That is the trap, right? That is the that is the poison by which they get you is that they find ways to eke away your your will or yeah. your, your, your ability to act or yeah. your agency or your freedom, right? Yeah. They're not open. They, they try to close and narrow and they try to get it so that you're just one-on-one with them or you're kind of, you're at their mercy. So, okay. So we've talked about how to identify this um, and, and recognize me. And, and, and if this sounds true for you, you know. <laughs> Good luck. So, yeah. Sorry. So, and you're not a fool. You, you. That, but I, I think this is an experience that has, that happens to all of us at different points in our life. Right. I, th- I think it is. And that's why we wanted to talk about it. And because I think there's also so working through this process. And I, I honestly think the only thing is distance that can get you the, time, the yeah. distance. Yeah. T- time and physical distance yeah. and getting out of that relationship. I'm, I'm not sure there's anything else you can do. And it's really important because these people can cost a lot. Like they can really they're, they're destructive. They're destructive and they will destroy, they can, they can destroy positive projects in your life yeah. or your ability to, to show up in positive ways. So they're, it's, it's of the utmost importance to get out of these because until you do, my experience has been that nothing else moves on, like yeah. nothing else develops. No. When I get, I'm in a holding pattern when I get in, because it takes so much energy and resources. It just gets sucked from you. It's like a Dementor in Harry Potter, yeah. you know, just like sucking your soul out. Yeah. I'm serious. That's how it feels. No, it is. It's it's crazy. And the longer you spend with these people, the more distorted you're going to get. That's the thing, too. It's I think I just remember now all these instances where you were just very like it felt very like strong the way you were pushing back on me saying at different times like dude something feels a little off maybe we need to look into other options and there was I remember getting this feeling that there was no discussion possible and that it was no there's no other options and and to some degree I don't think this was entirely you I think this was like some of the poisonous uh we were we were fighting a little bit more between us yeah uh trying trying to sort this out because one of my frustrations was I couldn't explain it yes, to you. Yes. And, 
And and that and I think my frustration was I'm just trying to get us out of here because this feels like a poisoned well. And I was trying to get us through at, the, at, yeah. at that point. Yeah. So okay, all right. I think there's one other aspect of this that we want to hit on bef- bef- before we end is what to do when you've encountered one of these people and you've successfully got yourself away. Because I think this is an important topic because these people feed on the goodwill of communities. Mm-hmm. They feed on us. You know, there are, there, there's a lot of cost in like making sure you're secure from every single person, right? There's a lot of cost in that, in not trusting people. That's really expensive yeah. to not trust anybody, yeah. right? And, and these people take advantage of that. Those kind of, okay, well, in a community, we can trust you to a certain level and give you a certain level of freedom, right? Yeah. But they're bad actors and they consume the goodwill of communities. And if you have too many of these type of people in a community, it can destroy the, the community, right? Whatever that is, if mm-hmm. it's a town or if it's a certain kind of organization yeah. or even if it's a country, um, I think that's true. Yeah. So I think it's vitally important what we do when we've encountered these and of course, the first is to get away because we gotta we gotta separate ourselves from these people, and then and then only can we deal with it. And then I think the, one of the challenges here is not to take that scarring experience and apply it to everybody, right? It's to continue to trust people after you've been completely disappointed and abused by a person. And and this is a psychological violence. I know I've said that before, but I, I have to stress that because the experience is really psychologically violent yeah. it can really throw you upside down spin you around and and you just have the sense of like whoa maybe i cannot maybe i my my sense of people is completely off right like like it really that's the confusion of it is mm-hmm. that you've missed so badly yeah. with someone and you've probably like kind of invested a lot in them in yeah. a different way right like every time i've gotten involved with these people i put a lot of of trust into them and I put myself in a really vulnerable position and that's kind of the nature of it and I don't think we can identify I think it's very hard to identify these people before you get to that stage of trouble because they are chameleons they're master chameleons and they're very charismatic very charming and I honestly think they're experienced at this oh yeah you know like this is a sophisticated pattern this is, you know, whether it's conscious or unconscious, and I think a lot of times it's mostly unconscious. I think so, too. It's incredibly sophisticated, mm-hmm. and it knows what it's doing, and it's very good at it. That's actually why I would argue it's unconscious, because it is so sophisticated that conscious minds cannot remember the the the, the sophistication. And, I, and I, I think in some ways, you know, like I was saying, they're good at hiding. They're trying to hide from this from themselves oh, totally. as well. And that's totally. part of the, they, they, and this is why I think they're evasive is because they don't face their own darkness. Yeah. And so and and so these type of people are always going to see darkness outside. Yes. They're always going to point at other people and scapegoat other people. They're going to project that out because they're acting from such an unconscious level. And that that was very true in yeah. this case because as soon as I made pains all the way through to act I never threw an insult at this guy, although God knows I wanted to. Like he treated us really badly. But I tried to be very straightforward, very clear. And this was the problem is that like, you know, at the end, there was a way to get our keys back. That would have been to let him show up Mm. and not tell him that he wasn't going to, we were going to quit, but we knew we were going to, we weren't going to work with him anymore. Yeah. And I didn't want him to drive an hour, waste the gas and also maybe buy some parts on the way. That one we knew we weren't working together. That felt like not genuine. Yeah. But I also knew there was a low chance I was going to get my keys back if I didn't do that. But it, 
And again, I said, you know what? No, maybe he will show he's a better man. He's never done anything malevolent towards us. But you have that sense that he might take advantage of that situation. And sure enough, you know, I tried to do the right thing there. That's the goodwill that we're kind of talking about. You yeah. trust people. And he burned us bad on that. And he kept the keys. And I think it would be easy in these situations to like look for the correlation or or draw some sort of a universal law of, oh, see, I showed up in good faith and I got bid for it. And I actually think that, you know, this is where we need to continue to cultivate the the good faith and the goodwill because it doesn't matter how it ends in the material set. It doesn't matter that he has a set of our keys in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter. What matters is how did we act and what sort of energetical imprint are we going to continue to carry with us after this story is long gone? And I think it's our responsibility to avoid more chaos agent of this sort, to not succumb to this darkness that ultimately would have motivated us to be the kind of person who say, sure, come up. We're, we're excited to work with you today. And then just take the keys and tell the guy, no, the truck has been. What, what it know. feels like it wants more than anything is for you to respond in kind. Yes. It feeds off that, yes. right? And so you have to kind of be the better person but you god knows it's not fun no it's not fun and it's not gonna and you have every opportunity yeah to to really do the opposite right like dude like god the guy called us drunk and quit and then didn't answer his phone for a day and then he's upset calling me a thief for saying we don't want to work with you anymore never i mean it's it's an absurd situation but 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 this is the thing is they completely change reality and there's no getting through to them because they're they're making it up as they go and they're living in a different world they really are and so there's you really have to think about yourself because there's a corrupting nature to that and if you play at that level it's going to corrupt equally, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You cannot, and and I think uh, this is where this is why you have to disengage and leave to the best of your abilities. Because if you get too involved, if you try to change them, there's no changing that darkness. There's no bad. We're mere human beings, and that darkness will will you know like if, the change has to come from within first, right? Yes. Like if if the captain wants to change, it has. It's going to have to be he decides he wants to change. And then I think there is a path to change. Yes. But the, cha- the change will never come from you as an outsider, right? Yes. That's never where it's going to come from. And you'll get burned repeatedly try- making that mistake. Yeah, and, and this, which is why I think the, the most important thing is identify the situation, get out, keep your good faith and goodwill and, and keep showing up in integrity and not go down to their level where, man, sometimes you want to because you want to respond. You want to have a fighting chance that you, you, you sent, you receive a text by a guy that tells you you're a thief and that tells you to go fuck yourself. You want to respond to that, but it's by, if you don't, you, that's how you actually fight. This is by not feeding it. Yeah. It's by heading out in the other direction. And I'm not saying like, there's not, you know, we made every good faith attempt to uh, talk to him about it and yes. to work it out. But once that was clearly off the table, mm-hmm. you got to leave, yeah. right? And you don't want to play, you don't need to point fingers. Like you're never going to convince a person like that, that they're in the wrong because they are professionals and not taking responsibility for their shit. Yeah. And I would argue that, uh, yeah, I would argue that in some cases, trying to make sure that the, we've taken out, you know, like you said, we've made sure that the opportunity for, 
honest conversations was taken off the table. I think that that converse, I think that opportunity was taken out a long time ago. And I don't, I think sometimes it's another way to get tricked into staying in that relationship yes. is to like get some sort of resolution. Most of the time, there is no resolution between you and that person. There is only resolution within yourself and yeah. you have to leave for you're that. Right, you're right. The, the ability to communicate with him was doomed. And we realized that earlier on. Yes. I, think, I think you're absolutely right. So, but this is like, I think, a, I think this is a, a life struggle, right? It's like, who do you want to be? Because yeah. these, and this is the crisis that I think these people put us in is that in a very real way, you are asked who you're going to be or, you know, dark side, light side, right? And it's not easy. It's not like, no, it's, it's not, not like Luke Skywalker fighting Darth Vader, like where maybe Darth Vader's good or hard, he's talented, right? And it's difficult in that. But like the reason those kind of stories really get at us is because Darth Vader is a serious threat and challenge, yes. right? And I think in these situ kind of situations, this, these darknesses are serious threats and challenges to our integrity. Yes, and the battle is not between you and the darkness, it's between you and you of who's who are you going to choose? The what darkness within you? yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so I think there's one other aspect of this that's worth touching on is, okay, so it's also worth re recognizing that when we come out of these, we're going to come out wounded. In some ways, right? Very much so. Psychologically wounded. And maybe it's a scratch or maybe it's a pretty deep cut, right? Depending on what the experience is. And of course... These and depending on your story with these kind of people, you know, if this is like the 10th person, then that just reopens old wounds and that's harder than yeah. like if... You know, I mean, And we're talking about a pretty benign situation. The guy mm -hmm. kept our keys and we lost we lost a grand. But, but, you know, of course, this can go into darker territories where the wounds can be much deeper and much more difficult to heal. Yeah. So I think it's worth recognizing... That, that we get wounded by this, but but not broken, right? Wounded is very different. You can heal from a wound, and and I think, I think that's that's what we have to do after this is kind of recover and heal, and we can heal stronger. And so the other aspect of this is that which is recognizing these patterns in the future, right? Mm. And maybe finding ways to protect ourselves that don't diminish goodwill and faith, but just being vigilant for this kind of thing, recognizing that there are these occasional bad actors out there and that they can wreak havoc and taking uh, measures to kind of trust but verify, to protect ourselves from this because there's so much downside to getting involved with these type of people mm -hmm. that it does warrant like some ongoing vigilance and, and, and some protection, right? Yeah. And, and not discounting other people or, 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 putting everyone in this category because I think that's uh that we lose a lot and humanity loses a lot by that. But but recognizing that this possibility is out there and keeping a, a vigilant eye for it and yeah. looking for those patterns. And I think, you know, sometimes it takes I think it takes a couple of run-ins with this, at least for me and my personal experience, to start noticing what those patterns are, uh, so that I can I can see them more readily in the future. Yeah, I think I think my my uh, encouragement on this would also be to man continue to cultivate your sense of self because when you have your sense of self, it's it, it's actually easier to discern those patterns because it takes you so far out of yourself. Yeah. As I said, the anxiety I've experienced, I've I was extremely depressed and anxious as a teenager. I've never experienced anxiety the way I did on this on this like captain yeah. issue. Like my chest was tight from morning to night and I didn't sleep well. And I've 
like physical anxiety in a way that I've never known was possible. And so because I know myself, I didn't realize like super fast, but I think the, the, the more you have a sense of self, the earlier you're able to pick up on, wow, this is off. This is really off. Something's off here. And it's not... It's not a normal human interaction and something doesn't match with the accepted codes of how we behave with another human being. And I think the more you are able to do that, the more capable you are to trust yourself. And thank you for listening to The Darkness. It's asking you to choose. Uh, It's it's actually happening all the time. Every action you take, it will take you closer or further. Away from yourself. Yeah. 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 Well, this was good. I think this was cathartic (laughs) for at least us. I hope it was helpful for you because I think we all run into these people in our lives from time to time. Yes. And I think it's important to know that when it happens, you're not alone and it's you're not a fool. No, you know? exactly. You're not a fool for trusting people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's really important because that's how this, I actually think that's how this quote-unquote disease spreads. Yes. It, that is how it happens. Yeah. It's by people who were wounded and decided not to trust, and then it just perpetuates itself. Mm. We are heading out tomorrow. Yeah. You, you well, will be happy to know that uh, we got the solar installed. It actually took two days. It was particularly complicated, and we realized that there was no chance the captain was ever going to get it done. No We realized he didn't hell. know what he was doing, and yeah. that was part of it. It was like, I don't think he wanted to admit that he was in over his head. It's crazy. So, God. But we're off tomorrow, and this is huge, because it is uh, the culmination of about five months of work, and yes. it is a transition into the next stage of our life and we're so excited about so it. So goddamn excited. So much work to do. Um, and so much good stuff coming on the podcast. Yeah. I get this feeling like we're going to fuel some real nice creative fire going forward. It's the next step on our path and we're really stoked that you're a part of that. Thank you for being here. Thank you. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so in a few different ways. The first is supporting us, becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. Patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. You can support this podcast in a substantial way for as little as $3 a month and it makes a huge difference so if you are enjoying this podcast if you would like to find a way to keep it going and contribute that is the best way Mm -hmm. otherwise you can also support us by sharing this podcast with a friend that you know will We'll enjoy it and definitely share this one. I think uh, I think it might be an important one to share. And then have a conversation about it. Use it as a starting point for your own conversation about mm-hmm. in, in kind of encountering these experiences in your own life. Let's yes. talk about it. Let's bring it up to the surface. Uh, let's learn from it. Yes. Um, because I do think these are character making kind of experiences, right? Totally. They can actually move us more into ourselves. And you know, I'm thinking of one in particular, one of these situations where. It really brought my sense of self-agency back. Like these can be those kind of trying times that help us find ourselves and kind of step into our own power. Mm -hmm. Um, So these can be kind of gifts in a really odd way. And the last way you can support this podcast is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.